A report purportedly from the Office of the Auditor General outlined some serious concerns about hiring and financial commitments made just before and after the election. According to published reports from CNS, the former premier's ministry signed agreements and contracts to open overseas offices and signed up for the expo in Dubai in the days prior to and after the election, which the Auditor General says did not follow the rules. The estimated costs around $5 million. Concerns were raised by the new packed government about these expenses, which reportedly triggered the request for the Office of the Auditor General to look into the matter. Radio Kimenez reached out to the governor's office as well as the deputy governor's office for response. We're told that there is a press advisory in the works. We will bring you that information when we receive it. More tonight on the visit of the Right Honorable Amanda Milling, Minister with Responsibility for Overseas Territories at the UK's Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. CIGTV's Donna Bush has more. On Friday morning, she met with members of the Cayman Islands Regiment. We also look at the wider region in terms of supporting other overseas territories um, and the rest of the Caribbean. So apart from heavy vehicles, everything we get, we try to make it affordable so that we can. There's no point us saying, well, we're all good, but Turks and Caicos is in trouble and it's going to take us three weeks to get there on a boat. So with, with our tentage, with our, our oxygen, for instance, that oxygen is not a canister that actually generates its own oxygen from the air. So you can take it empty on a plane and generate it where, where you go. Um, all the equipment we get, we make it airportable so that we can take it to another overseas territory. Um, and that's, that's where we sort of, that's where we're looking to go to for the future. Minister Milling was given a tour of the regiment facility and a presentation on the work of the new organization. Now, from the regiment base, the minister headed to Government House, where she met young people from various Cayman youth groups and learned how they're working to raise awareness of the impact of climate change on Cayman's low-lying islands and the importance of protecting our biodiversity. The youth of Cayman are excited to be so environmentally involved and they want to see a change. And I think that our government now are willing to hear us, and I think that a change is going to come. Audio there, courtesy of CIG-TV. Public Health releases its COVID-19 figures for the 27th through the 29th of January. Here are the positive cases reported to Public Health, 198 on the 27th, 182 on the 28th, and 200 on the 29th. Active cases currently stand at 5,708. As of this report, there were 18 people in the hospital. Two of those were new admissions. The Sister Islands also noted 22 new cases since their report on Friday for a total of 67 active cases. Work continues on Cayman's National Emergency Notification app with Phase 2 expected to roll out soon. Hazard Management Cayman Islands' Leslie Lennox-Vernon says Phase 2 will build on the existing radio interrupt broadcast to help increase reach. We've learned that quite a number of people aren't listening to the radio. Yes, we find that the older generation do stay in contact with the radio and then you have like supermarkets and you know the gym where they would have the radio play. Yes, so yes. when that alert does activate, people who are in earshot will hear it. But it's quite challenging to maintain that system. So in order to get more bang for their buck, HMCI is looking to go digital. At the moment, we are rolling out phase two, which is an app. So members of the public can download this app and whenever there's any critical or important information messages that need to be sent out, we will activate it. We are partnered with DPSC 911 and they also have the ability to trigger it, should it be in the middle of the night because they're a 24 hour operation. 
Mr. Vernon says there will be different levels of messaging as well to cover one-off smaller events all the way up to national threats. There might be an isolated event where we want people to avoid a particular area. So we would send out, say, a medium alert and it will just ping on your phone and there's there's um, really no need to be you know, crazily concerned. However, we also have the ability to send out a, a high alert. Make your phone flash, it'll make a lot of noise. So typically sending those types of alerts, it's only for significant events. So should we experience another earthquake, that's when we would do that high alert and and send it out. Mm -hmm. They're working towards launch by the end of February. A regional tourism association claims Caribbean intra-regional travel is down by more than a billion U.S. dollars. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller has more. Citing an alleged loss of U.S. $1 billion in 2021 because of a stagnation in travel between the region's destinations, the Caribbean Hotel and Tourism Association is now recommending a concerted effort by Caribbean government and private sector leaders to boost intra-regional travel while fostering greater parity, clarity, and consistency. CHTA President Nicola Madden-Grieg says while international travel to the region has rebounded, intra-regional business and leisure travel has dropped to around 30 percent, with smaller Caribbean economies and businesses being particularly hard hit. Among the steps proposed for revitalizing sluggish local economies were increasing services to revive regional air travel, reducing COVID testing costs, cutting testing time, and shrinking long isolation periods. CHTA also recommends an air travel tax fee holiday day or reduction. Additionally, more uniform and consistent regional travel protocols to reduce traveler uncertainty, while health, safety, diligence, and increased vaccinations were key to, quote, speeding up the return of local festivals and events, key elements of intra-regional travel. Reiterating the importance of consistency, CHTA also recommended eliminating travel barriers that add significantly to travelers' costs and uncertainty and putting into place low-risk protocols to simulate traffic. CHTA also called on regional airlines such as Cayman Airways to, quote, work collectively with both the public and private sectors to seamlessly stimulate intra-regional travel. Reporting for Radio Cayman's News, I'm Carsley Fuller. For more information, visit CaribbeanHotelandTourism.com. Representatives from the Florida Caribbean Cruise Association are in the Cayman Islands right now meeting with the Cayman Islands government and the Ministry of Tourism, as well as industry stakeholders. Tourism Minister the Honorable Kenneth Bryan says one of the main goals is to search for a way forward for the industry that will benefit the island's tourism sector. Several new regulations are gazetted. These include 2022 revisions for port regulations, private funds regulations, procurement regulations, and water authority regulations. You can find them online at legislation.gov.ky. The Lions Club of Grand Cayman donates more than $16,000 worth of equipment to the eye clinic. Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solens has more. Problems were mounting at the Lions Eye Clinic, aesthetically and functionally, leaving doctors and patients frustrated with the dwindling conditions of the office. Manager of the clinic, Diane Benson, provided a lengthy list of improvements needed, but Lions President Eric Anderson knew it needed to be done. The waiting area... The chairs were getting very old. Some of them had been taken for other departments. They were cracked and just badly worn out. And she said the worst part that she's having, the biggest problem she has now, is her examination chairs for her ophthalmologist to work in. Patients were complaining because the leather was cracking and pinching them. There was rust forming around the base of the chairs, and 
the chairs were not operating properly. Sometimes the motors would screech and scream, and they couldn't maneuver patients into the positions that they needed to to give them the proper examination. Anderson went on a hunt, finding quotes and equipment for the best price. His efforts, along with the help of others, were successful procuring the items necessary for the clinic. They were very happy with it because they had been asking for this for a very long time. They were able to get by with the older stuff, but it was kind of a struggle. And, you know, they wanted to give their patients you know, the best that they could. It's a point of pride for any any of us presidents when we are able to do something for those that are in need and those that are helping others. The eye clinic helps a lot of people on this island because I mean, it is our government facility. The chairs for the waiting area were delivered in April 2021. Both examination chairs are on the island and one has been installed so far. The other has not been installed due to engineering issues at the Health Services Authority. For Radio K-Man News, I'm Felicia Rankin-Zollins. Last year, by the way, the club donated 15 new chairs for the waiting room area, valued at $2,800. That is your latest local news from Radio K-Man's newsroom. I'm April Cummings. Good evening. Taking a look at Radio K-Man's local sports. I'm Dion Anglin. Netball lovers, if you're interested, the Cayman Islands Netball Association has begun its development programs for the season. Turn up and play for anyone interested. The Under-16 Performance Academy and Turtle Netters for Kids. Janet Letman, Technical Director for Cena, says there are some amazing opportunities for your children to get involved with. Our development pipelines are, we've got Turn Up and Play, which is happening on a Monday, and that's for people that want to play netball, used to play netball, can't play netball, want to know about netball, and basically they just come, turn up and play. I think the first session is free and basically it's anybody from 16 and to adults and we can go up to 70 if you can walk, if you can catch a ball and throw it and then we've got two amazing coaches that are very patient and they're willing to get them to play matches and there might be a few people we see that are amazing in the way they play and we can invite them or signpost them to different clubs. Then we've got the Under-16 Performance Academy, which is still on our development and we're getting involved going into the schools. And then we've got Turtle Netters, my little babies. That's every Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning. My daughter usually goes to it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so we've got Turtle Netters at Trudon Bodden, that's at 8 till 9 o'clock. And then we've got the Bodden Town, which is our development program, and that starts at 3 o'clock to 4.15. The Turtle Netters program is currently available in the Georgetown and Bodentown districts, but Coach Letman says Cena is contemplating adding another district in the mix near you. We want to start something in West Bay, but we're not sure. I'm still talking to people. We're not sure at what time because the time factor, because rugby and football starts about 8.30, 9 o'clock, and so is to find, is it better that we do it either later on, like at two o'clock, or would it be better at a weekday? But then it's for parents to get back. Do they stay? So yeah, West Bay's on our cards, so you should hear something in the next two weeks. Letman says it does not matter if you're four or 45, boy or girl, man or woman. Anyone can come out and participate at any level.
SIFA has updated its senior league fixtures for this week. Today, the Vice President's Cup League matches will see two games, Cayman Academy Sports Club versus Roma at Ed Bush, followed by a matchup between East End United Football Club and Academy at Bodden Town. And two games are scheduled each for tomorrow and Thursday, with four on Saturday and six scheduled for Sunday. When announcing the changes, SIFA said, quote, We appreciate your understanding as the schedule has been a difficult task to produce in these difficult times. The technical department has been working tirelessly throughout many challenges to accommodate so many matches with limited venues and upcoming national teams matches. Now for results in the Women's Premier Football League, Sunset FC defeated Scholars International Sports Club 12-0. Courtney Hicks scored in the first minute, 33rd, 34th and 59th minute. Molly Kehoe scored in the 40th and 49th minute. Chloe Bentick scored in the 42nd minute. And Ashley Evans scored in the 59th, 67th, 72nd, 78th and 80th minutes. Elite Sports Club defeated Fusion 1-0. Deandra Kelly scored the lone goal for Elite in the 84th minute. For the Cayman Premier League in the men's division, Elite Sports Club defeated Bodentown Football Club 1-0. Jed Ebank scored in the 10th minute for Elite. Future Sports Club defeated Sunset FC 2-1. For Future, Matthias Meher scored in the 73rd minute. Colby Seymour in the 88th minute. For Sunset FC, Anthony Nelson scored in the 51st minute. Scholars International Sports Club defeated Georgetown Sports Club 1-0. Jonah Ebanks scored in the 23rd minute for Scholars. East End United and Academy Sports Club tied one apiece. East End's Andrew Browning scored in the 18th minute, while Academy's Rogelio Wright scored in the 57th minute. In the men's first division, Cayman Athletic Sports Club defeated Cayman Brack Football Club 2-1. For Cayman Brack, Cameron Brown scored in the 37th minute, and Rico Bodden in the 21st, and Taron Ebanks in the 90th minute for Cayman Athletic. Roma United defeated Prospect Academy 4-0. For Roma, Tevin Thompson scored in the 16th. Darren Hodgson Taylor scored in the 22nd minute. And Stephen Wellington scored in the 80th minute and the 90th minutes. In the men's second division, Sunset FC's B team defeated East End United Football Club 4-1. For Sunset, Jared Holmes scored in the 41st minute, Lewis Clark in the 44th minute, Evan Johnson in the 56th minute, and Andrew Stewart in the 82nd minute. For East End United, Rafael Hernandez scored in the 17th minute in the penalty shootout. Bodentown Football Club defeated Academy Sports Club 3-0 with Rashawn Watson scoring in the 15th and 21st minutes for Bodentown and Jamie Johnson in the 40th minute. And in the final matchup, Scholars defeated Elite 3-1, for Scholars, Dwight Dunk scored in the 30th and 66th minutes, while Terence Thomas scored in the 71st minute. For Elite, Brennan Ebank scored in the 41st minute. And the junior tennis tournament was a huge success over the weekend at the Cayman Islands Tennis Club. Congratulations to CITC players Jackson Shambaugh, Jackson Pavlovic, Aaron Ramahojan, and Dylan Tonner, who were champions. Great job, though, to Jelani Blake, Eva Pierre, Arnav Durva, Elias Drobak, and Raphael Wishbora as runner-ups. That'll do it for Radio Cayman's Local Sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.